1: Well, hello and welcome to Penguins 24-7. He's Danny Shirey. I'm Dan Kovachovic from DK Pittsburgh Sports. We're in Anaheim, California, inside the Honda Center, where your favorite hockey team just conducted a a rather brisk and different-looking practice. Um, It it was, and – there, there wasn't any line rushes
0: like there typically mm-hmm. is. They, they spent a good 15 minutes right at the start of practice just doing a very simple breakout drill. Might have just been a product of having yesterday off, and they wanted to get the guy's legs moving a little bit and, and get their timing and feel back a little bit. But it, it was much different than we've seen from a lot of the practices that they've held this season.
1: Yeah, and the spirits, as you can imagine, were pretty high. Uh, this is a, a team that's coming off of a, a somewhat uplifting, certainly from the outcome standpoint. A overtime victory over the Avalanche back home. And now they're out here for games tomorrow against the Ducks, day after that against the Kings, and a couple days later up in San Jose. And although these are not the sexiest teams in the league when it comes to the standings, although the Kings are pretty good, uh, it's it's going to be, I think, Danny, a challenge in a different sense uh, for this team because they need to just start defending. Well, they, you know.
0: they need to start defending, but it, it doesn't really matter who their opponent is at this point. That's they, what I'm saying. They need yeah. to start stacking points. But the, the other thing here is it, and the Penguins, I, I'm starting to believe that they, they think they're a little bit better than they might be are, which is fine. But the problem with that is that when you need to start stacking standings points in the situation that they're in, all of a sudden you're out west, the weather's real nice, and you're going up against a couple basement teams. Super Bowl Sunday, they're all going to get Bowl together Sunday's and watch. Going a game on. somewhere right so <laughs> they're gonna to have to be very careful here and and you know it might be you know a couple games against basement teams like I just mentioned but these these are not gimmies and if anything they might uh, even I mean be they trained. just
1: lost to the Sharks back home so they're not right. in a position to be taking anybody for granted one thing I want to see on this trip Danny I want to see them get back on top of the puck on a consistent basis uh and for anyone who doesn't know exactly what that means, I just asked Jake Gensel downstairs to explain this to you. Yeah, that's just what we have to do. That's when we're at our best and we're not shooting the game and playing the, game the right way. So if we're on top of the puck all night and we defend harder, we'll our looks. What does it mean? I mean, you hear it, I hear it every day here, but if you had to explain that to a fan, what's that mean to stay on top of the puck and why is it important?
0: Well, yeah, you just don't want to give a team easy looks and easy offense. So I think that's the biggest thing is mm-hmm. making it hard for the other team and, and
1: making it hard on them. I think You know, I have the highest of admiration for Jake's ability to explain stuff like that, Danny. It's almost like I said right after we were done with that, like you're the son of a coach or something. (laughs) And he is, of course, Mike Gensel, a renowned college coach. Uh, But that is that's a big part of their success, isn't it? It is.
0: And I I think at times this season, obviously there's been so many different things that have plagued them when they're not playing well. Um, But I I think that kind of not staying on top of the puck kind of can extend into those other issues that we see because all of a sudden you're not staying on top of the puck. You're not in position as much and that that kind of leads you to a lot more free-flowing and and again I'm not saying that there needs to be some boxed in you've got to be here at every single Mm -hmm. point in time but when you do have that structure in place it kind of mitigates I I guess the risk associated with your game and and it kind of um, I I don't know it it prevents you from making a lot of the mistakes (laughs) Uh, aside from just limiting the opposition's attack, it, it, it prevents you from making a lot of those boneheaded mistakes that this team is is susceptible of. So, um, obviously, it's super important to stay on top of the puck, to be conscientious where you need to be, and, you know, that – We've seen them execute it well. Oh, we We've have. We've seen them execute it well. That's, Several times. It, when they're clicking, you're like, okay, the, you know, this might not be the best team in the league, but I think this team can compete. The problem is, is that we haven't seen it on a consistent enough basis at all or even you know, over a no, two, three-game stretch.
1: If you guys have any questions for us at all about the practice or the state of the hockey team uh, or anything at all uh, about the, the Penguins or the NHL, uh, feel free to shoot it our way if you're seeing this on YouTube or Facebook. Those are the two places where you can do that. If you're seeing this on Twitter or Twitch or Instagram or any other places that we put this out, you got to go to the other ones I mentioned. It's got to be YouTube or Facebook because they're the only ones that have this capability. Uh, My man Cody here, he says, I have hope. Last game, they did a better job of tying up sticks on loose pucks in our crease. They did. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that went on to get Colorado to that point but there were bodies back there for Pittsburgh and they were aggressive by the way so was Casey DeSmith
0: and I think that it's funny that we saw this comment because during one of the drills we saw during <clears throat> practice it was a, a three-on-three small area drill where um, you know a, a forward line is basically below the goal line trying to score on another three forwards and then once The puck is turned over. There's another line that's racing down to the other end of the ice, and the other guys had to back check. And I think that kind of encapsulated everything that we're kind of looking at right
1: here. Yeah, and tell them who did all the scoring on these drills. Uh, Jeff Carter (laughs) scored more today during
0: practice than he has all season. The first goal – was incredible. It was some little muffin backhander that somehow snuck through to Carson. He celebrated it though. And he celebrated it with a loud woo and his arm was up and was, everything. He was yeah. the most energetic he's looked all year.
1: Nice. Austin says, do you think Jari is Tristan Jari returns tomorrow? also do you think the penguins can get a third line center like an you know, O'Reilly, Henrique or Taves and having the other team retain salary? Uh, the answer to the second one is a wow no. Uh first off Regarding Jari, he was out here today. He was practicing with the team, which was a first. He took shots. He took quality shots. It didn't look like anybody was holding anything back. However, afterward, and you were busy with another interview at the time uh, with a one-on-one with the player. I went over and was talking with Mike Sullivan. He said that he doesn't see Jari's status as having changed all that much in this practice. It was the first time out there. He described it, uh, Danny, as a, a controlled circumstance, Which means, you know, you tell everybody, okay, and you only use him so much, which was the case, by the way, since Dustin Tokarski is still here. Tokarski still being here almost certainly means that he's going to be... The backup to Casey Desmith in this building tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm not expecting Jari to, to play tomorrow night. I probably wouldn't even expect him to play on on Saturday night against the Kings either. We might see him um, against the Sharks a few days after that. But I, I think it, it's mainly just encouraging that he is back with the team. He's out there on the ice and, and he's taking shots. Like you said, the, the guys were not holding back on him at all. When um, no, he, when they
1: were allowed to shoot, they shot. Right. They and were going upstairs. They and were everything. going upstairs
0: yeah. on him and they were scoring on him too.
1: Yeah, yeah, Sid went upstairs. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's just practice shots, right? But it's still, you know, we're here. We can describe it. Uh, I, I have a feeling that, and you can see it a little bit today, too, that DeSmith is walking around with a little bit more of a – and skating around with a little bit more of a comfort level. He had to have known that, you know, that management was down on him uh, through the break. There's no way he didn't hear what they said about him. Right. And, you know, he responded – Well, in kind. Uh,
0: I mean, I'd say that game against the Avalanche was maybe his best game all season, if not his second best all season. Um, I I know he was great in that Washington game, but Casey's the kind of guy that I I think he might be – Susceptible to those swings. Obviously, everyone's susceptible to confidence swings, and you know if, if the puck's getting blown by you two out of three games, obviously you're not going to be as high on yourself as you are after a game you might have just had against the Avalanche. But it seems like the Smith, um, and I only say this because of the of his demeanor after his strong I know performances. What you're say here,
1: he rides it. He rides it. Yep. That, there's no question about that. He rides it. Uh, he he does have that that gear to him, uh, Greg says uh, I love to watch Ryan Paling he has high hockey IQ agreed he's a long-term penguin at uh, first I have to tell you just a little story this is some of the reporting stuff is Danny and I are downstairs in the locker room and Paling comes in and he's someone who would have been a perfect candidate to answer questions for either of the stories that we're working on here and it was like oh man you can't do that every day because <laughs> he's he is that smart he has that hockey IQ uh, he's got an engaging personality and everything else here. So, yes, he has all that. But when you want to talk about high hockey IQ, Danny, we're talking about that rush in overtime. Uh, The whole thing, the PK, the everything.
0: Well, the, the PK was great, but what I loved about that so much is that bottom six forwards, they kind of just have this mentality instilled into them. You got you, you to get rid of it. Get Dump rid it. of the puck. You got to take care of it. Don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. If somebody's going to make mistakes, we want it to be our top end players trying to create offense. Well, that play that Paling made after the penalty kill against the Avalanche on Tuesday, it's, it was four on four because the penalty had just ended um, instead of three on three. Mm-hmm. But... Penguins were going for a change. Paling needed to get off, and he's not somebody that's going to be out there during overtime in, a, in an even-strength situation anyway. But flying up the left wing instead of just dumping it deep and going off for a change and while the rest of his guys were. And holding it
1: and dragging it and looking around and seeing that the Avs still had who on the rink. Everybody was out there. McKinnon was still out there. Uh, everyone who was part of that whole the, the four-on-three power play and there's their move, and even McKinnon looked a little slow. By the way, the, the pass that Sid made to LeTang, mm-hmm. you know who stick that one over? McKinnon's, and he had nothing. No, he had And, and, and that's—I say that with respect. He was the best player on the rink for either team here. We're going to take one last one today, uh, and it comes from it comes from Gary, who says, "Well, we predicted this was coming on the show. Uh, Rangers add Vladimir Tarasenko today. Interesting addition for them." Ron Hextall has to be watching the Isles with Bo Horvat and the Rangers with Tarasenko. Any pressure to make a move? Not from the outside ever with this team. Not with these guys. No chance. I mean,
0: Hextall even said as much when he he spoke with the media recently. He said, I I think it's really dangerous to feel like you have to make a move. Mm -hmm. Now, that again, I, I think everybody, including the both of us, have said, a million times. This team needs to make, to make a freaking move. move. But, um, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with the sentiments. First, he's not going to come out here and tell everybody, yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm disappointed desperate. with yeah, our team, and I'm going to go out here and, and try and acquire somebody yeah. that's going to make a huge difference for us. But secondly, there, there's a very real possibility in this environment that something grand isn't going to come along, regardless of whether Hextall is going to want to do it or not. Well, and if you, if you feel like like you got to go out and trade for a Ryan O'Reilly whether the deal makes sense or whether O'Reilly's even the the right fit to come in and and address the Penguins' issues. Oh, I take him. Well, that's a different discussion. We can we can <laughs> save that for another time. But, okay. But if you get to a point where you feel I have to go trade for Ryan O'Reilly.
1: Yeah, you're giving up a first round. I mean, Rangers gave up a first rounder. That's just how that goes. Um There's a lot of different components to this discussion. I'll say a couple of things. One is that I feel that the Metro, as a division, isn't done, meaning I do believe you're going to see the Devils make a move. The Devils are not a completed product. They've been a surprise, but they're not a team that you look at and go, oh, yeah, contender.
0: I have a feeling we're going to see Timo Meyer land with the Devils, which would be a
1: problem. That would actually kind of be a problem. That would be a problem. This is a good hockey player. Um, I also think you're going to see Washington – Look to find a way to stay in it every year with with Ovechkin in that lineup is a lot like every year for the Penguins with Crosby. You can never punt on any of them, and you okay? can't
0: forget that they just got Nick Backstrom back as well.
1: And the, that's a pretty nice addition yeah. for them uh, midseason, uh, no less. So it's it's a it's a it's going to be a tough division. Uh, Mike Sullivan just said downstairs in relation to the Tarasenko acquisition, although not directly, he's not ever going to speak to stuff like that. He said, "Look." We consider it to be one of the more competitive divisions in hockey. That's the way to look at this. Uh, if all your teams in the division except Philadelphia and Columbus are buyers, then all of the teams in your division except Philadelphia and Columbus are, are good. Uh, we can sneak one more in, right? Grant says, I think there's a way to make a solid trade before the – or do you think there's a way to make a solid trade before the deadline without trading Gensel or Zucker? Uh, yes, you could trade Rust.
0: I I don't even think there's anybody that needs to go in the top six to to complete a trade. I and I'm I'm not saying Tarasenko. Well, you got to clear cap space. Of course, you do. And, and yeah. I'll get to that. All right. So, if if Tarasenko is not the player he was five, six years ago, and I, I'm not even convinced that he's that much of an impact
1: player, but the dude can shoot a hockey puck when he's
0: 80. The dude can shoot it. He's immediately going to slot into the Rangers' top six, and he doesn't have to be the guy there. He's no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. He's right. like the fourth, fifth, sixth guy there. But
1: look at the package that the Rangers sent out for him. Yeah, they don't care about that in New York. The draft picks are candy. In New York, no one cares about it. They haven't cared well, about that why, forever. Why
0: shouldn't they be? Why shouldn't they be candy here?
1: Oh, different discussion. Well, my,
0: my point being is that yes, you need to shed some <laughs> salary off your NHL roster. But if you look at the package, the the Penguins could have put a package together like that that the Rangers sent out for Tarasenko. They easily could have done that if you put together a package. I'll sit here and sit. I just said that I think Timo Meyer is going to go to the Devils because I think they can put a better package together. But I think the Penguins could put together some sort of package with Kapanen, a first-round pick, a mid-round pick, and then nobody's going to like it. But Owen Pickering, he's still three, four years out if he's ever going to make the, the it, NHL. It's
1: going to be a while. Yeah. That
0: – that kind of package will get you a decent enough player. I'm not saying he's going to land you some top-line star, but I, I have a hard time believing a package like that wouldn't at least get you in the discussion for someone like Meyer. And I think that's why the Penguins will be able to, if Hextall is willing, Penguins will be able to make some sort of some sort of move like that where they're not going to have to detract from the top six.
1: So just to make sure everybody understands this, Danny Shirey is officially reporting that the Penguins are engaged in talks with the Blues to bring Ryan O'Reilly to Pittsburgh to be the third-line center. He, he actually reported those such things. But that won't stop anyone from repeating it. I uh, appreciate everybody uh, partaking in this and, and and watching or listening. We'll do another one of these tomorrow night after the game here in Anaheim.